Welcome to the Moon God Pod. I'm your host, JYLEX. With me always is my main man, Loveox. And today we will find out what the fox says as Aramunu <laughs> is uh, debuting some high cutting edge technology. Uh, it's fitting uh, that he is wearing a fox avatar because we're going to be talking about some sly foxes in the uh, crypto space. Um, we're going to be titling this episode as kind of I got hacked and uh, how to stay safe. Um, this past week, I got hacked and uh, my collection of Akutars and some other notable pieces that I had um, were I woke up and they were gone. They were out in the streets. We offers taken and uh, it's a crazy thing uh, to kind of experience. Um, unfortunately, in the crypto space, it is something that is all too uh, common. Um, I want to take this immediate moment to thank uh, Loveox and Aramunu for um, acting quickly, uh, kind of helping me um, process the whole thing, uh, recover some of my assets. And, uh, you know, I kind of want to get you guys as a perspective, like, because Aramunu, you were the first one, like, my phone was buzzing and, you know, it was very early in the morning and uh, I see your name pop up and I'm like, what is going on? Why is he calling me? Um, so what, what? take me through what you kind of saw on your end. And this is a story that has happened because we've all seen it. We, especially since we cover Aku so closely, we'll see like 10, 15, 20 sales uh, we offers taken and we're like, whoa, someone's getting out. And then it's like, oh, that looks very suspicious. So Aramunu. Yeah. So um, I, I think it, I mean, it happens in the Aku community, but I think it happens in every community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every morning while I wake up, I check ETH price, BTC price. I get an open C, right? And when I got an open C, saw a bunch of Arcatars floored. And the first thing is I look at the price. I look at uh, what the transfers are because I, I don't want to buy stolen goods. And it, it ended up looking like stolen goods because uh, there was a large amount of uh, Akutar sold um, and transfers coming out of uh, a certain wallet to another, right? And when you see something like that, it, it's kind of an indication. And I opened up, uh, had Discord open at the same time. I just saw some others making that same comment. I was like, oh, shit, like, you know, like JWoww got hacked. So that's when I, uh, that's why I gave you a call. Yeah. So that, that's how it all trans- transpired for me. Yeah. Love Ox. First of all, I want to give a shout out to the MetaMask Fox. I mean, that's just incredible. Like every, time, <laughs> <laughs> every time I look at it, I just start giggling in my mind. So uh, I'm normally an early riser, but I woke up maybe 5.30 on the, on the hack day and I'm like, I saw my name highlighted and I'm like, ah, what happened this time? And, you know, I have fairly uh, stringent security pr- procedures over multiple wallets and laptops that's never seen the light of day that kind of thing so i didn't think it was me so when i saw it was joe i'm like ah that sucks and so then i saw that uh the moon god pod mega was actually there so i just instinctively kind of scooped it up because i know how these things kind of go yeah that was uh that was big um 
you know, just from my perspective, just from an education thing, um, I think uh, it's important to always kind of see where you're accountable and own it. And my accountability stems from my fault is that um, I did not have a, the Akutars in a hardware wallet, you know, or even on like Nifty Gateway, not to say that that would be that's safer than a hardware wallet. It's certainly not. The the ultimate is the hardware wallet. Um, but, you know, I had been hacked like a year and a half, two years ago, where I connected to a, um, you know, one of those flash sale scan things where you're half sleep and it's like, oh, you know, mint this board eight for $20, you know, and the too good to be true. And I connected and I got wiped out of a bunch of ETH on that way. Um, for this, you know, I had, had this wallet and I thought that I had done, I had never connected it to anything other than OpenSea. So this is what um, I really kind of want to dive into for an educational purpose. And, you know, kind of my pain as your education as an audience, um, you know, I, ha I hadn't connected it to anything. And I thought by doing that, I was being very safe. Um, I was on the phone with Aramunu and, uh, just kind of processing, going through everything. Um, you know, it's good to have friends that are smarter than you. And you went through and kind of looked through the ether scan to see if there was anything malicious. Uh, I believe that that wasn't the case, that we couldn't find anything. So kind of that that was actually the hard part is like trying to figure out where the hack could take place. And at this time, I still don't know. Uh, you know, so... With that all said, too, um, before we go to Armunu to kind of break through on on like how the hack actually occurred, you know, like I said, I I want everyone to know like I'm accountable. The community for Aku was amazing and reaching out and saying like, can we help if you want anything? Like a lot of people had gotten their weath offers. You know, I personally just took it as an L. I don't want anyone's charity. You know, like stuff happens. Um, but with that said, what Lovox did with picking up the mega. Um, and I want a big shout out to like Rusty Hyakutu and uh, um, Raul and some other uh, Moon God people that kind of rallied together to kind of um, pick up some of the Akutars that I had on the floor. Um, the first thing that everyone told me is don't look at this as charity. This is thanks for all that, um, you know, me and Lovox do for the community with this Moon God pod and just being active for since the beginning. So really, uh, lots of flowers. This is what makes Aku amazing, um, and uh, yeah. So I want to I want to say thanks for that, and uh, go to Armunu now. And you know, you went through the ether scan. You didn't see anything like like what I'm guessing. Um, it must have been somehow my computer got hacked. Is your what is your hypothesis? Yeah. So I think my hypothesis is it it could be anything. And I, I guess I want to start off by saying that this is a completely new space. And I know we are all DGENs trying to make life-changing money. But what the game really is, is the ability to self-custody permissionless assets. And I want everyone who's listening, listening to this right now to understand that. Now, going into your situation... Um, there, there's a couple of ways to get hacked that I know. So I'm not a security expert, but I've been in the game for a couple of years. And I do what I can to protect my stuff. 
So the first uh, f- uh first way that I would have thought you got hacked is you went on some site. It was a fake site, and said, "Hey, here's a board ape for twenty dollars." Mm-hmm. You sign a malicious transaction that enables the hacker to move all your stuff from your wallet to their wallet. Okay, so I think the most common way is that. So when I said, uh, when I said I'm gonna go look at your Ether scan, I'm trying to look for a, a malicious transaction uh, that that you might have signed, and I, I didn't see anything. Uh, either a malicious transaction or some something kind of out of out of the ordinary. I didn't see that, so I kind of ruled that out of question. The and and after not being able to see anything, I went to revoke cash, so r e v o k e dot c a s h, and you see all the approvals that you've made. So if you approved a hacker to move stuff from your wallet to theirs, it would show on revoke cash. I did not see anything there either. Uh, that 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 was uh, weird to me. Um, so my next guess was that uh, you didn't have a hardware wallet. You downloaded something malicious onto your computer, and that file either did a keylogger or something, or broke into a file that has uh, access to your private keys. I don't know if you want to go down to technical stuff. But once a once a hacker has access to your private keys, they have access to your whole whole wallet. So explain just what private keys are. Yeah. So disclaimer: uh, I'm not an expert, but I'll just kind of explain it the way that uh, I know how. So what everyone makes a um uh um like a metamask c phrase whether it's like 12 words or 24 words right we're familiar with that right that sounds familiar to you so those 12 words is that uh or 24 words essentially allows you to uh that that's the secret sauce to everything that gives you access to your wallet um those 12 words are actually derived from uh, something called a private key. And a private key is just like this super long, uh, uh, you know, it's hexadecimal. So I believe that's the correct term where it has uh, numbers and letters and it's extremely long and no one could really remember it. Right. It's really, really hard to remember. Right. And the, so the 12 or 24 words are actually derived from uh, uh, this really long private key. So if you put the 12 words in order, then it becomes that private key. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to remember 12 words than a super long hexadecimal number. So that that's cryptography for you. So if there are any cryptographers out there, uh, you know, please cut, cut me some slack. But uh, I believe that's uh, all factually correct. So that's my understanding. Yeah. My, you know, like kind of going through this and just, you know, the idea, the ideal scenario is to never have your, uh, this private key, the seed phrase touch like an electronic, basically. So when you are constructing your MetaMask wallet on the computer and, and I don't remember when I did it, you know, like, but doesn't that seed phrase like I feel like I I took a picture of my seed phrase like a a screenshot or something from my computer, so 
does that mean that it's always going to be vulnerable if someone hacks my computer? Yeah, that that's a good question. So I'm actually going to wrap up the the second part of what I was saying for clarity for the audience, and then I'll dive into your question. Once someone has access to your private key, they can re recreate your wallet on anywhere on any computer, hmm. even if they have or don't have your MetaMask password itself, right? So the audience should know that. Uh, keep protect your stuff, protect your private key. Now. Um, if your private key is, if you take a picture of it, if it's on your notes on your computer, um, you know, and someone hacks your computer, you're not going to take your private key and they're going to recreate your MetaMask on their computer and steal all your stuff. So that's why you should never uh, put your uh, private keys or your C phrase on your computer. There have been reports where people have their stuff uploaded to iCloud. Like you take a picture of your private key or your C phrase that gets uploaded to iCloud and then iCloud gets hacked. Right. And then someone, you know, the hacker has access to all your stuff, right. Has access to your C phrase. So uh, you need a method by which you can generate your C phrase without it ever touching a computer. And there are methods to do that. How do you learn how to do this stuff? There are lots of ways, right? You can go and Google it, right? How to uh, uh, create a uh, C phrase without it being on your computer. And you're going to get lots of articles. Uh, you could go on Discords. So there's Ledger. I don't know if there's a Trezor Discord, but go in there, ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. Go on your own PFP's Discord and ask questions, right? And there are going to be lots of methods to uh, create uh, C phrases without it ever touching your computer. Now, and and that that's why to your question, if you create a C phrase uh, without it ever putting it on your computer, uh, that's where the hardware wallet. Uh, can kind of come in because if you have it attached to a hardware wallet, it's a second factor. Uh, if they if, if your C phrase is created offline, it's on a hardware wallet. Even if your stuff is, even if there's a malicious download, they're not gonna have access to that. Hence, they cannot move your stuff. So I'll pause there. I don't know if that was too complicated or I didn't explain it well. Uh, ha happy to pause and uh, get some thoughts there. Lovox, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I I echo what Erlunu says, and I'd also say that you would um, there could be malicious content that you downloaded on your computer some time ago and wasn't even aware of it, right? A lot of times, you can have malicious software on your computer that's been dormant for quite some time, and all of a sudden, hey, this is the day and things pop up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't always know, like when you're surfing the internet and uh, downloading things of what not. Um, so I guess as far as like the most secure thing out there to do is to get the hardware wallet, the ledger, that's kind of like the advice maybe, you know, and even go a step further to, you know, just having like, almost like a computer just dedicated to crypto where like you don't even surf the internet or anything. And, and it's just for that. Um, am I kind I, of, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think th there, there's certain levels to security. Mm -hmm. I would say, 
Um, and I guess if you could afford multiple computers, that's probably the safest thing. I would say that if you have, uh, and there's this concept of a multi-wallet system, right? Um, if you have multiple wallets and in, in including hardware wallets, then you're probably pretty safe, right? So if you have a, so it's a three wallet system, there's lots of articles uh, on that, but there's a hot wallet where you could essentially like mint anything, right? You could degen on it, uh, but you don't keep anything valuable on it, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the warm wallet where you can like buy and sell with it, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and you may, might keep some NFTs on there. And then there's the cold wallet where you put your most valuable stuff on there and you never, you just, uh, you just put stuff in there, mm -hmm. right? And you never sign any transactions with that. Uh, and you never buy and sell anything on that wallet. So let me just ask for the hardware wallet. So like I, I create this what wallet ledger, um, like, uh, let's say I have like my ETH on it. I can't mint anything or connect that to like a, you know, like a site or, or anything. Am I wrong on that? On, on your co wallet, you do not. You do not connect anything. You do not, you do not buy and sell anything. You don't connect nothing. You if you want to, stuff. you just put it in there, right? If you want to sell something, put it into the warm wallet. But, and, but here's my question Is it possible? to connect it yeah yeah and that's how a lot of people got hacked so that's, that's uh, kevin rose had millions of dollars it might have been like 10 million dollars worth of nfts mm -hmm. and he uh he, there was an airdrop and by 6529 one of the biggest names in the space he got tricked by a tweet so 6529 put out a real tweet saying, here's my drop. Then a hacker uh, with the 6529 picture put a phishing link, I think this is how it transpired, or it's roughly directionally how, how it happened, uh, put a tweet. It looked like a real tweet. It looked like 6529's tweet. Kevin Rose clicked on it, um, uh, went to a phishing site, approved the transaction with his cold wallet. So if you use your cold wallet, and you sign a malicious transaction, and that transaction says you can move stuff out of my wallet to your wallet, your shit is gone. That's why you do not sign transactions from a co wallet. You just put stuff in there. If you so, wanna So if I ahead. have if I have like JWOW one is my cold wallet, my forever storage that I don't connect anything, and uh I have this NFT that is um, going to be airdrop something, right? Do I need to then move JWoww that NFT from JWoww one to my JWoww two warm wallet, or can it stay in there and the airdrop will just be dropped to the cold? Yeah, if it's if it's an airdrop, then you don't have to do anything because it's gonna gonna get airdropped. But you, if you have to uh, mint it with the item in, you sh you have you should transfer it out. Okay. Maybe into a warm wallet, and there's probably like a practice for that, whether it's out to the warm or it's in into the hot wallet. But you you should move it out from your cold 
into a wallet where you mint. Because when you mint, um, when you mint, you there, there's a risk that you're signing a bad transaction. And even if it's in a cold wallet and you approve a transaction that says you can move stuff at everything out of my cold into your hacker wallet, you're not protected by a wallet. Mm. Right. Right. So the transaction matters. So you do not do transactions. So all the stuff you, it's good to have stuff in a cold wallet, right? It costs more money when you're moving stuff around with, with gas fees and whatnot, but that's the safest thing to do. Move it out of your cold wallet into a wallet that you can do transactions and you transact from there. Um, Kind of want to move on a little bit and just uh, kind of talk about like uh, the news is in uh, the NFT space of the day, but um, is there any like closing thoughts on just uh, security um, overall opinions on this? I mean, it, you know, it's happened to me. It's happened to, you know, some pretty big names in this space. Like nobody is immune. And uh, you know, even when you're doing like kind of being very cautious, like things, you know, still happen. Um, so just kind of closing thoughts, Lovox. Uh, it's it's important to be prudent and to to know right to do research and to protect your assets. You know the the tough part about this space is it it's self custody. It's yours. It's on you. So if you make a mistake, it, there's no recourse. There's no like, hey, I want my refund. I want it back. It's a it's a brutal feeling to see that happen. Yeah, I mean. Uh... I think everyone should realize that this is the Wild West. We're at the bleeding edge of technology. So you need to get out there like it's the Wild West, right? You got to secure your like shit. The, this is like the Will Smith Wild West, though, like with the Wild, shit. Like, exactly, like, exactly. You, you got to have anything, right? Don't bring a knife to a gunfight, right? <laughs> right. You go out there, have your cowboy hat, have your gun, have your survival gear. Someone says, hey, friend, put your hand on your pistol, right? <laughs> you got to secure your shit. That's how you have to think about it. Now, there's animal pictures and colorful stuff, but this is really the Wild West, and you have to treat, um, you, have to, you really have to protect yourself at, at all costs. And it's it's the, before you venture out, you need to know all this stuff, right? And I will highly advise everyone to educate yourself. Um, I took, even though I've been in a space two years, I, I think I'm relatively knowledgeable. I took a boring security 101 and 102 class on security recently. It's fantastic. I think everyone should go and take that class. Um, you get an NFT for taking those classes too, um, and you get to protect yourself. So educate yourself and then venture out. So kind of pivoting from that, I do want to uh, kind of just get a roundtable thought and and bring some attention um, to the most trending topic from this weekend, uh, not just in crypto space, but um, just the uh, the financial economical world of uh, the Silicon Valley Bank. Um, I guess you can call it just a straight up collapse. Uh, we will find out more uh, at some point today um, what the what the real ramifications are. And while it's um, there have been so much, uh, I don't know, like hypothesizing, like just conspiracies where this is going to go. What, uh, what I think it's important, at least for this community is that um, 
you know, the USDC stablecoin, uh, and and if I'm wrong, kind of help me with this, but like it depegged, and you know, that was kind of like uh, they banked with um, with Silicon Valley, and there's also been so that that kind of is like part of the crypto side, and then the other side is like, is this like 07 with this bank like going under? Is it going to be bailed out? Um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Uh, is this, um, does this news at all? Is this like more crypto? Is it more indicative, indicative of just like the economy or is it kind of like, um, like just a real ripple and it's, and it's just leading the news cycle for now. And, um, it won't be like really remembered because I don't think it's anywhere near what the effects of FTX were. Um, and if you kind of look at where, uh, we kind of spiked um, with the FTX news and where we're at today. We've kind of recovered pretty well from uh, where FTX was. Uh, just kind of thoughts, guys. Go around the table. Lovox. You know, I've, I've done a lot of listening and reading. And to be quite frank, I don't know enough to, to make an articulate argument here. So I'm going to pass the microphone. Yeah, I, I don't really know what's going on either. Uh, but I think what 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 I I I don't know what's going on, but I think I have tried to form an opinion mm -hmm. just based on what I read, and I think it's really indicative of the the world that we live in. Like, what's truth? What's not? Who do you listen to? And I was just over the weekend. I have my people that I I kind of rely on. Right. So I say, okay, you there there'll be shit posted on Twitter and there'll be smart people. So I follow Balaji Srinivasan. Mm -hmm. This guy predicted COVID like three, three, four months before COVID actually happened. <laughs> uh well, before before people actually in the US uh realize what COVID is. So uh I relied on him, relied on analysis of people within uh Silicon Valley. My background is uh I I, I was in tech. Mm -hmm. uh, as a as an engine as a VP of engineering before, so um, my my take on it is it's it's um, how our fractional reserve banking system works, right? Uh, our our dollars. If you put a dollar in the bank, it's not actually a dollar in the bank. The bank takes mo uh, most of it and and lends it out. They might lend out ninety cents, ninety nine cents, and they keep us a, a small portion. In the bank, right? And the problem is when everyone wants their money at the same time, they don't got it. <laughs> right. So, and, you know, I'm just like paraphrasing what I'm reading, but um, they were trying to get more reserves uh, into their bank and they publicized it. They made an announcement. Some people misinterpreted it, they wrote it poorly and people was like oh shit like they don't have money and then you know you're you know people started taking out money people started saying they were taking out money and it just caused um uh a, a bank run mm -hmm. if you will so if you look on twitter people lining up to the bank trying to pull out their money uh that 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 was a situation so when people are saying like hey is it crypto thing no, it's not a crypto thing. It's a banking thing. Fix, 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 fix the banking system. It's yeah, not, not crypto to me. 
I, I just, I find it um, interesting. And, you know, we, my biggest thing too, is like, if it's just this bank, you know, that's not as big a deal. I had heard that the fed had mentioned um, prior, I believe it was on Thursday that they were investigating several banks, several banks, if they're similar to, you know, SVB, then, and we find that out today, then that can be kind of a bigger problem. And then maybe we see like more, never mind crypto, but just the global economy, you know, like something on the lines of 07, 08 and where we were at then. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, but it definitely, like, I kind of actually look at it a bit <clears throat> aside from USDC banking with them. But just the idea of kind of like keeping your assets in, you know, crypto and being able to have, you know, you know, if you have your money in crypto, like you have access to all your money when you need it. And and then, of course, there's always the question of like, you know, you can't just go to the bank and withdraw money. You have to answer questions, you know, if it's a, a you know, a certain amount. And, you know, what what about our freedom? You know, like if I want to take you know, $30,000 and, you know, throw it on my bed and roll around in it. I should be able to do that. You know, it's my money, but, uh, that's what, not what, here. Here's where the laser eyes come in. Can I do laser eyes with this Fox? <laughs> it's like Bitcoin is freedom. Here comes ETH is freedom. Like I, I actually do believe that. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Chinese. Mm. My grandma, uh, came over in the fifties after, uh, government, go, you know, the governments took all her her, her stuff, mm -hmm. right? And it, you know, uh, self sovereignty is really important to her. It's really important. Like, it, it, if anyone's immigrated here, they know they know it. They have to shovel anything that's valuable, get over to the U.S. and have freedom. So when I think about Bitcoin, I think about Ethereum. That's permissionless money. That that's actually freedom because your money in the bank is not money i don't want to make this podcast one of those like bitcoin podcasts but hey you go to the bank can you get your money no like why you want to take out more than why you want to take out more than ten thousand dollars what's your occupation what's your salary why'd you change your job right all these you know they they interrogate you banks open only nine to five and not open on the weekends you know so that's that's actually not your money you have a dollar in the bank is it actually a dollar no, it's not actually a dollar. You need it during really rough times. Go line up, you yeah. know. So. Well, I, I want to kind of wrap things up. I wanted to keep this uh, this episode short. Just kind of, you know, um, I put my uh, put my pain out there, and uh, hopefully everyone can learn from it, and uh, and we move forward. And um, I want to close on get kind of closing thoughts. This weekend, um, you know, you, you look for silver linings and opportunities. And one of the opportunities that happened for me um, was that I was able to finagle a uh, ticket to get into the Beeple uh, grand opening in Charleston and this massive event. And it's kind of funny because the people there were joking how it's kind of like we're dancing, having this huge party in the living room while the house is on fire in the crypto space. Um, I just want to kind of gauge, like, what do we think? Like, is, is this, was this a big event? Did it, um, what does it mean? Or is it just merely just a celebration for us that are within the community? 
I can tell you um, from my experience, I was there for about two hours. Um, I had some travel commitments that kept me from staying the whole time. But uh, first of all, like the art displays and the space was massive and really cool. Like it was two rooms. Um, they had installations uh, that were really neat and um, the way that uh, the art was displayed in um, some of these, uh, I don't know what you call them, but the way they displayed it was really cool. But then then that secondary room where most of the videos, you know, where they dropped the paper to get the free people, um, that was on the same lines of like a Van Gogh experience, if you've been to one of those. And um, he had just like all these artists in like this, you know, uh, the whole, all the screens were just kind of showing like a video interpretation of all the art. Um, really amazing. And I can't say enough, like people is a man of the people. You know, he was really interactive. There was never any awkwardness. Wasn't like anyone mobbed him. Um, so what, what if anything, was this just like a cool moment for people and, and kind of those are connected to it? Or does this kind of uh, do anything for the overall space? I think people's the goat. <laughs> he just proved it. Like... Yeah. Not just he he's already proven that he can create mimetic art that people can rally around. He can create art that people will pay lots of money for. And I, I wasn't there, but I saw I regret it because I'm a bull run holder. Mm -hmm. uh, um but I saw the way that he was able to highlight different artists. I saw how he was able to create mimetic moments, art just within the gallery. I saw Elon, like fake Elon Musk, fake Jeff Bezos, fake character, like people walking around in these lifelike creations. And it just really blew my mind. Like art, art is life, life is art, whatever the term is. So I think he, I mean, if there was ever any doubt before, I think he's a goat and he really has pushed art even further than he did before. That's yeah, my I mean, yeah, I'm a people holder as well. And I couldn't attend this weekend, but I think it's amazing. Um, it gives us a chance to see some of these NFTs and, and the glory that they should be viewed in. So I think it adds some, legitimacy to what we see so i do think it was a big deal and also like i know you mentioned the house is on fire in terms of the nft space i just think we need a kind of a, a re rerouting in what's real and what's not right i, I think the, those prices got so huge so fast that we kind of lost touch as to what's real right so like you know when when a when a project is successful that means generational wealth i think we're kind of off balance here you know what i mean so I personally, I, I know this is not what you asked, but I think everybody taking a deep breath and and, and kind of, I don't think it's that bad. I, I think we're okay. I think builders are building and I think we'll be fine at the end, but that's just, just my, my two cents here. No, I, I mean, we talk about all the time, but you know, we don't, there, there's a small percentage of people that can even take a deep breath, you know, cause everyone else goes, <sighs> win Lambo. I took a breath. What, you know, like 
like pause for a second and pausing to them is like five seconds. Like, okay, now when am I going to be rich? You know, like the, um, I think that there's a lot of uh, ridiculous expectation on so many fronts. And so I've really tried to lower my bar every moment and hopefully be happily uh, expectations exceeded. Um, But it is great to see like, like the people community, but you know, there's still a ton of amazing artists out there that are still creating. I, the, the one thing I will say is, you know, some of these, especially like what I would consider like the real artists, like I don't, did people really set out to get, to be anything more than just creating his art, like maybe creating a community, but, you know, we kind of got to this place where I own art and it must be, there must be utility. There's no utility from owning um, you know, uh, a Pollock or a Warhol or a Picasso, like there was no utility. So that's kind of where, like, I think it's sometimes we kind of forget, like, like we might've gotten all into this because there was a money opportunity, but like the artist didn't necessarily, you know, sign up for that. All, with that said, I think people, whatever people is kind of building and doing, uh, it's a smart dude down there. He, he kind of gets it, so. Well, and when he came out, the physical is what drew me to the uh, the Bull Run release that Ermin was speaking of. And actually receiving it and looking at it, nobody has replicated anything like that since. I, I think it's incredible. Have you seen it before, the, the physical that comes with some of people's artworks? Uh, you okay. sent me a picture of the box. His, his hair is literally in, in, in the box. I mean, it, it's super interesting. Yeah, he's an interesting fella. In the everyday is 5,000 straight days he made art. Like, I tried to do some math. That's like seven years. That's that. So I was listening and that alone shows the commitment, like in why people would, you know, the guy showed up every day for 5,000 straight days. Like if you were going to invest in somebody that had a vision that kind of uh, obsessiveness is exactly what you would want. Well, it also speaks to time, right? It, the man took seven years of, of honing his craft to, to get where he is. And, you know, NFT project hasn't performed in three months. And I, I just think people need time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Closing thoughts, Armunu. It's been a fun one. <laughs> yeah. Um, going through security, um, what's going on in the world. And uh, we're living in interesting times, a lot of volatility. So uh, my only closing thought is I hope everyone's listening in, learn something. Uh, we'll go out there and secure their shit, uh, follow smart people, ask questions, and, and learn how to survive and thrive in the space. And it is, uh, we're kicking off March Madness week. I don't know if you are a uh, college basketball fan or um, even care, but this will be just a little quick fun, our potpourri spot of the day. Who do you pick two teams that you would put $1,000 on to win the NCAA tournament this weekend? Yeah, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not a college basketball guy. So uh, Michael Jordan went to North Carolina. 
and uh, Grant Hill went to Duke, right? So uh, North Carolina and Duke. I'm an <laughs> NBA guy. I will lay you a million to <laughs> oh, Carolina if you want to put a thousand dollars. Oh, they suck. Huh? Oh, they did not God. make the tournament, and that's actually what I was kind of hoping. But oh. we will. But I am a Duke fan, and and we will roll with Duke. Lovox, who do you got? Unfortunately, I put some real world dollars on Duke, so I'm rolling with Duke this year. And um, Marquette, I like Marquette as well. Marquette and Shaka Smart. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with Duke because. Every time I try and fill out a bracket as a Duke homer, I can't find a way where they don't win it all. It just makes sense, and I might be a little biased. My dark horse this year, however, um, I'm kind of torn. I actually kind of think uh, I think Houston would be really cool for them to win, kind of a, a tip of the hat to the Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, and the fraternity of Five Slam Jamma for you uh, young kids Google that and YouTube that. Uh, with that said, um, you know, we, we got to hear what the Fox says. Thank you, Armunu. Um, we're not experts by any stretch, um, but this is a field that they're really, even the experts uh, aren't necessarily experts as everything is constantly changing, moving, and flowing. We try and adjust and adapt. Um, want to say big thanks for Loveox coming on this morning as well. And again, I can't reiterate this um, as much as the hack and losing my Akutars just truly sucked and was a gut punch. You know, I had 24 hours that I gave myself for the pity party. Um, but the biggest gift is seeing how responsive the Aku community was. Everybody reaching out. I appreciate all your thoughts. Um, you know, this podcast means uh, means the world to me. We're going to stay here. We're going to keep doing it. And uh We'll learn, we'll grow, and we'll build. So for that, we will see you next time.